0: home and doors that he's opening up which has been so amazing and then I'm gonna share a little bit about the ministry and then the last thing I'm gonna have each of them come up and share briefly very brief, some testimony that God has done in their life and if at any point while I'm talking you're thinking oh I would love to get involved or how can I learn more you can always reach out to pastor Ben he'll connect you Um, or after church, I would love to connect with you, or Tay. And we also have a website you can look at, frontlandharvestministry.com. I wanted to share Psalm 105 and verses 1 through 5. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples, Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name let the hearts of those who rejoice seek the lord seek the lord and his strength seek his face forevermore remember his marvelous works which he has done his wonders and the judgments of his mouth so that's the purpose of this is just to remember what god is doing and how great he is and just to remind us that he's faithful so whatever you're going through everybody has a different battle that this is to revive and to reawaken the goodness of God and his holiness and that all things are possible with him. So as you know, some of you do, I've been going to school and I'm gonna graduate, God willing, um, this May, pray for me. And one of the reasons I, I went to school was because I wanted to reach out to a specific treatment court and I wanted to present some things to be able to reach more people that we know and that we've evangelized to and shared the gospel with and connect with them and present what we're doing and how we can help them. Now, here's the thing this specific treatment court wasn't willing to work with our Harvest Home program because of specifically like the faith element and what we required and their requirements, and it, it conflicted. And we weren't going to bend to the mission we have, which is what? To make disciples and to share the gospel and for people to be able to see, hear, and respond to the gospel. Now, the thing is, is that there wasn't a good outcome when we had tried it in the past, so they just wouldn't work with us. And one week in October, we had got a call from three different Treatment courts, young adult court for Trinity, who's with us now. Um, yeah, go ahead and clap. Go. Uh, <laughs> we got a call for veteran treatment court um, for Kim, who is in the Harvest Home now, and uh, and then also the other treatment court that was not going to work with us. And the only reason why they reached out to us was because they had no place to put her. We would have been the last place they would have connected with, and they wanted to put her in a residential treatment by December 20th. She's still with us. I'll tell you how. So during this process, uh, I wouldn't have accepted, um, because we have to have a commitment of six months to a year, but it was Lisa. And the thing with Lisa is she's already been with us before. And I knew that this was God opening a door for her to be able to grow her faith and really grow in discipleship. And I said, well, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I just want to be faithful. How many know when you're just faithful and trust God and take that step? He does the rest of what you can't do, right? And so after that, you know, she grew a lot quick. And she was like, I don't want to leave. And she was desperate to stay. So she reached out to the judge and reached out to her case manager begged to stay, and they denied it in the court. There's there's nothing you can do. Everybody knows when the judge says it, it's final. How many know that we serve a God who's the ultimate judge? And what God says, that's what stays. He's the final outcome of the plan. So what did Lisa do? She prayed. She fasted. She did what she's been taught, and we all came together, and God gave her wisdom. She reaches out to the case manager again and the court team and tells them this is how my trauma is being addressed here and, and my addiction and all these things. And they came and they listened and they looked at all the stuff in the curriculum and they were listening to her and she said, yeah, and I don't even need my medication anymore. I'm happy. <laughs> and they just looked at her like, So, okay, we're going to get you a mental health exam immediately. (laughs) Thought she was crazy. Ends up after that exam. She's not. Maybe a little bit, but she's not. (laughs) And um, so they approved that she could stay through the whole thing, and they accommodated for everything for us to work with her. And I just praise God for that. And also... Uh, for Kim, you know, just thinking about what's been going on with her when she came, she came in one way and the veteran from court are like, she, she's not the girl we dropped off. And so much so that they see this change in her, that the lady, that's a professional who we pray for as well, wanted to come to Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> and did come to Bible study and keeps coming to Bible study and says it's her highlight of the week. So that is amazing uh and also we have another girl named christina who i actually met through pastor ben she came to this church looking for help years ago long long time ago right um and so she ends up back in jail and i meet with her and i just knew like god was like yes and this would be a three-month wait we only have so many beds right but i just knew god wanted her to come And so she ran from the treatment that she was in, that she was supposed to be in until she came, which meant she could go to prison and most likely would never be able to come back to the harvest home. There'd be some severe consequences. She's calling me through the night at different places. I'm trying to track her down. And she's coming from Milwaukee. I pick her up at the bus station the next day. I'm like, we're just going to have to turn you in. (laughs) She didn't want to go in. But we prayed and, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to say this to her. If you honor God and turn yourself in right now, that could lead to God opening this door and giving you a special favor that he wouldn't otherwise. And that's exactly what happened for her. And so she was able to come as well. And so I'm really thankful for that. Um, And lastly, this week I have to mention, this last week, there's the last drug court team that reached out and this has been a long process too uh, and this is all before I even ended school so it's like a miracle like God like I don't need your school right <laughs> so thank you Jesus for that reminder but so there's a girl actually in the slideshow we just watched I have been ministering to her for years when we'd be on the streets reaching out to people in dark places and praying with her Leah and um a year ago, before any of these doors opened, she wanted to come to Harvest Home. But she was in drug court, and so I could not approve it. I couldn't accept because it didn't, they didn't collaborate with us. She ends up uh, relapsing, and they put her back in jail. And this whole time, I'm thinking she's been out and doing well. And I go and I visit her, and I find this out, and that drug court's telling her to come to us, to Harvest Home. And I'm like, whoa. Um, so she's only been here literally like, what, three days? But she got out on Friday and came to Harvest Home, and that in itself is a major miracle. Now, I wanted to mention too, like, for Christmas time, what we got to do was an amazing revival that happened. Like, I've never seen. Like, we normally do outreach for Christmas time, and we were able to go. To a lot of places first uh, the nursing homes we were able to minister do our dance share the gospel pray with people um but then after that without the plan all of a sudden we started just being led to go to all these places and people let us come in and sing like at festival foods hy target olive garden applebee's quick Domino's, Domino's, and it goes on you know, the people, we'd be like, can we please sing in here? And then they would be like, um, and they're looking around at everybody, and they're like, I don't see why not, just one song. I'm like, yeah. So we go, and <laughs> so we go, and we sing. And then all of a sudden, like, everybody's just kind of like looking over a little. Like, but then all of a sudden, they're like listening to the song, and then they just pause, and then they started like kind of, some of them clapped. Some of them just smiled. like They just saw the joy of the Lord, like we were singing. And they were touched by the love of Jesus. So I'm just so thankful for that. And then for Christmas Eve, we went downtown, and we were praying with homeless people and addicts and need and giving hygiene pegs and all kinds of stuff. And I think that was a faith builder for the girls at Harvest Home, too, because they got to see kind of how God could work through them. So that was amazing. Um, Matthew twenty eight, eighteen and nineteen through nineteen says, Jesus came and spoke to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Revelation three: seven, these things saith. He that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David that opens and no man can shut and closes and no man can open. And so I just wanted to share that with you about how important it is to share the gospel. Go as a church, go partner with people, maybe with us, who knows? But we could all go and share the gospel when you're out taking a walk, when you're at the grocery store, wherever. Just share the gospel with people. People need to hear the hope that we have. I just want to share a couple of things about the ministry. Frontline Harvest Ministry has existed to serve at-risk women in Green Bay since 2006, seeing the great need and urgency and opportunity to reach hurting women right where they are with the love of God. Recognizing that many marginalized people were uncomfortable going to church, Frontline Harvest Ministries seem to fill a need for drug dealers, strippers, prostitutes, homeless addicts who felt outcast and outwelcomed in traditional churches. We are dedicated to fighting for those negatively impacted by substance abuse, caught in the cycle of incarceration, trauma, human trafficking, and sexual exploitation. And we exist to bring awareness and a path to recovery through teaching, restoring, and empowering the abused. And so we have a lot of different um, services, women's Bible study, children's ministry, small groups, biblical counseling, evangelism, outreach, jail and prison outreach, and the Harvest Home Discipleship Program, which is a six-month to a year program for women that gives residential services And their graduation is coming up, God willing, June 7th. So whoever wants to come to that, uh, it's a very special and sacred time of just hearing their testimonies more detailed and celebrating the work God has done for them. And so how you can be involved, lastly, I just want to share is uh, praying for us, definitely. Because you can understand, when you're in the trenches like this, and when there's fruit and people are being one to the Lord, there's a lot of spiritual warfare. And not only on the leadership, but on the women. And just praying for us would be so great. Also, um, financial needs, we have a lot of them. But specifically, this year we're just trying to raise $30,000 just for the Harvest Home alone. So that's our goal this, this year. Um, but, yeah, so I'd just like to welcome the girls to come up and share. And Sarah can come up first.
1: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> uh, my name is Sarah. I am a recent graduate from the Harvest Home, and I am also now an intern for the ministry, which is a huge blessing. Um, I would just like to share with you guys a little of my testimony and how God is using this ministry. Um, So about a year ago, I was completely lost, like the very lowest point of my life. Um, I've had a history of abusive relationships throughout my life, um, all of them being emotionally, physically, mentally, and sexually abusive, each one bringing a different um, type of abuse and, um, you know, it's crazy when you don't really know the Lord, that stuff kind of seems normal to you, and it's, um, it's really tragic. Um, I was in and out of drug use. Um, I was trafficked at one point in my life. Um, caught up in addiction and, and seeking purpose and validation in all the wrong places. Um, I just wanted to be loved, truly, you know, the way I was trying to love people, and um, You know, I couldn't find it because I didn't have the Lord, obviously. Um, And eventually I was blessed with being a mother, which is probably one of the biggest blessings in my life. They're so beautiful. Um, I have a son who is two. His name is Orion. And my daughter is one year old, by the grace of God, (laughs) um, Nova. We've been through a lot. Um, And I was trying to be a good mother the best I can while I was addicted to drugs, and that doesn't really work out well. Um, things got out of control at one point with the father of my children, and that's when God interrupted my life. Um, He separated me from my children, my family, my relationship, and most importantly, the destructive path that I was on. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Um, (laughs) Jail is where God placed me. I was three months there when Sarah came to see me. Um, My bond was $10,000, and there was like Honestly, I had no idea that I was going to be getting out, but he opened the door for my bond to be dropped and um, a way for me to go to the harvest home. Thank you, Jesus, for that, too. (laughs) It's been, like, the biggest blessing of my life. Um, God used the harvest home to bring me to salvation, Um, and I will forever hold this ministry and everybody in it close to my heart because it's God's provision for me to get to where I am today. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Want to cry? Um, <laughs> I didn't know what real love was until I came here. Um, all the women that minister to us there is like incredible. Um, it's every day, several times a day for the first few months. Anne is one of them over there. Um, it comes and ministers to us, and they tackle a different part of healing and um, how the Bible can be related to, to real life and um, Now I have meaning and purpose, and I know what real forgiveness is, and I've had to do a lot of that myself. Um, This is real healing, real life skills, real sisters. (laughs) Um, They hold you accountable and keep you on the right track, and and they let you know when something's up. (laughs) And um, they keep you humble, and we all pray for one one another, and just it's a beautiful thing. This ministry, by God's grace and provision, made sure that I not only accomplished sobriety and salvation in Jesus Christ, but um, I got all the stipulations done for reunification plus some for my children through CPS. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Um, They really go above and beyond for the women who come there and need it, and um, are open to it, and God really opens that door for all of us, and it's just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um, it's where real transformation happens. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17 says, "'Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, "'he is a new creature. "'The old things have passed away, "'and behold, new things have come.'" I am now a new creation in Christ, thanks to Jesus and his provision of the harvest home, Um, constantly growing, and blessed with the ability to, now that I've graduated, see all the miracles happen with my sisters as well. And um, just, yeah, thank you for listening. And I'd like to welcome up my other sister, Lisa.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm really nervous writing this, but... sign up here, so (laughs) I got to trust God, right? (laughs) So um, from what I can remember, you know, as a young child I was abused and sexually assaulted and neglected by the only people that was supposed to care for me and love me. Um, The moments that were tragic and painful to me um, growing up, um, I brought that same kind of behavior and actions with me and my relationships and my closest friends and family. Ooh, um, Lord. Um, You're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, trying to maneuver through all this destruction and brokenness and emptiness. Um, I turned to drugs. Um... Entering this lifestyle, I had no idea at the time what I was getting myself into, you know. But at the time, I thought it was a relief. In all actuality, you know, I was just running. Um, I realize now that I have opened up a door to a very dark place in my life, you know. I suffered with a lot of suicidal thoughts for a while, um, which led me me to institutions. Um, I tried excessively to use drugs to end my life. Um, And out of jails, um, I was lost. I was really lost. Oh, well, you know. That part. (laughs) I didn't think there was a way out for me. And this time I was trying everything to get sober and stay off drugs and be stable. You know, I was on medication for my mental and things, you know, that I was taking to stay off drugs. I didn't know what was wrong. You know, I I didn't know how to get off of it. Or stay stable or anything. Um, I thought I was beyond help. I just think I couldn't. I I couldn't be helped <laughs> because nothing was working. You know, I was. I felt so tired. I was. I felt defeated. Um, so one of the times I was in jail, um, <laughs> I met Sarah. <laughs> Little did I know, you know, um, well, I know now, you know, how that came to be and who sent her. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. But I didn't know, you know, it was the end of one life and the beginning of another. Amen. You know, but most importantly you know, I reside at Harvest Home, um, Frontline Ministry for Women. <sighs> I love my beautiful sisters that are there, and I wouldn't be anywhere else right now, you know. And that's by the grace of God, Amen. Amen. I've surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, and, Amen. And, and a knowledge of God for who he is, you know, he's the great I am, yeah. and thank you Lord. <laughs> I learned a lot, and continue to learn through Bible studies and the great women that come in, and um, that disciple us, that Harvest Home provides for us, you know. And I've decided, you know, that I can't, there's no turning back now, you know. And I'm learning God's love and His Word. And he is a lamp to my feet. Mm-hmm. And I will never he will never forsake me. Mm-hmm. And this is a living testimony about what, what God can do. Amen. You know? Yes. My story is about true freedom and deliverance. Yes. Yes. God's glory. Amen. Amen. So um, I wrote a verse, and it's Philippians 1.6. It says, be confident of this very thing that in which he's begun a good work, will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, all. And I don't know who's next. <laughs> Thank you.
3: God morning, y'all. Good morning. See how I put that God? God morning. Okay. Kind of nervous. Holy Spirit in me. First and foremost, I just wanna thank the church for allowing me to speak my testimony here. So, um, my name is Trinity, born in Green Bay, raised in Memphis, Tennessee. From an early age, I also struggled with suicidal thoughts from trauma, sexual abuse, into mental asylums, like, and a lot of many other things. In my teen days, I've dealt with an abusive relationship and somehow got myself in a really, really bad drug addiction. And um, as we all can hear, I was pretty far out, away from God. So Um, even becoming a stripper to support my drug habits, you know? And one day I was in a hotel room, the usual, Going around, getting high, and in a very dark place in my life. And that same day, I got locked up. Police came to the hotel. But I sat my first six months in Brown County Jail. And I truly believed that it was God's way of sitting me down, you know? Have you ever moved so fast that you ran in circles and couldn't sit down? Yeah. He sat me down. So um, I myself was thankful for the break to get closer to God and knowing his son, Jesus Christ, you know, and letting them closer in my heart. Soon I was getting to my release date after a couple months and I asked God, where would he like me to call home? Because what did you guys know? I have a fear. I had a big fear of going back into the streets and doing the same thing all over again. So I was scared, and I was in fear of my life, low-key. So I asked God where would he like me to call home. Not long after that, I was introduced to Frontline Ministry and interviewed by Sarah Christensen, November 8th, right before her birthday. So she asked me questions that gave sound to my mind and made me question my own faith and purpose in life. Repentance was really needed. Um... And that day I gave my life and put my faith into Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Second, I had the same verse as you. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. And I was fully revived, y'all. Okay? Um... Being in the harvest home each day is a blessing to me to have real love, real comfort, and just real support, something I haven't had in a long, long time. And I can't, I, I can't imagine where I would be in life without it, probably doing the same thing over and over again. Ecclesiastes 2.25 says, for who can eat and who can have enjoyment without God? And that's how I felt. I said, without you, what? What? And he was the one to give me the miracles that I experienced today. He was. Yeah. The harvest home and my sisters in Christ continue helping me heal and fellowship with them. I love them. Ah, oh, I love you guys so much. And I'm overly thankful for it. You know, I'm here today through his power, his mercy, and his grace. And without him. I am nothing. That too. Amen. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, um, the Harvest Home has given me the opportunity to reclaim my worth in Christ, having hoped to know that Jesus handpicked me. John 10, 3 says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I thought I was going to be who I was before the drugs and you know, you know the healthy us before we all go through the destruction. I thought I was going to okay, slide back into the healthy me, but oh By the grace of God, I became someone I've never imagined. Amen. A highly favored. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. A highly favored, wonderfully and perfectly made. Blessed and a real child of God, fully transformed, y'all. Yes. And it's been life-changing. I'm so thankful. My cheeks hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, Romans, Romans 6:11. It says, "In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ yes. Jesus." I receive support, accountability, and acceptance. Y'all best believe Frontline is important to me. I hold it like it's, hold it, I don't know. But it's very important to me, better than any AA, NA, HA, you know all the A's. Sober living, sober living (laughs) or treatment center. It's the place that God gave me to call home. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Thank you guys for the opportunity to share my testimony.
4: Good morning. Okay, wow, hi. So mine's (laughs) gonna be short and sweet. Um, I'm Christina, (laughs) I'm 33. Um, I was adopted at 18 months because I overdosed on cocaine. So I kind of had like a rough start to begin with. Um, I struggled with addiction all my life. I was a teenage mom and drugs and alcohol eventually landed me in prison. Um, I'm actually really grateful for this church because I came in here really lost one time, and that's actually how I met Sarah years ago. Um, but God, uh, God had other plans for me too um, at that moment, but, so I wasn't quite ready yet. But eventually, um, I was released into the Harvest home from jail, and on January 24, 2024, I surrendered my life to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I repented. and I'm just so grateful for, like, the discipleship of all the women <laughs> um, that come to the home and teach us about God's Word. I've never exper- experienced so much support and love in my life, and um, today I'm just healing and experiencing freedom and new skills to overcome my battles. And that's all I got to say. <laughs> Thank you.
5: Yes. Hi. Kim. Bear with me I failed public speaking twice. (laughs) Well my story is I was abused neglected child and then I was in the military and raped there. I was married four times. I started my path in substance abuse. I used every drug under the sun I was revived once, which was 45 minutes and eight NARCAMs later, to bring me back. And out of jail, in and out of jail, kidnapped twice. I've been shot at. I met Sarah Christian in jail. He accepted me into the house. The veteran's treatment court says, I'm unrecognizable now. I'm talking, paying attention and happy. Sarah brought me to a safe house, a spot to recover and grow in God's word. Now I don't want to use it anymore and have it in the longest time ever. Even my PO says I'm unrecognizable from the person they dropped off. I was a good mom, but... I abandoned my kids at age 12 when I lost them, and that's when I really went into substances. But Lamentations 3.22 says, Because the Lord God, we are not consumed for this. Compassions never fail. They knew every morning great in your faithfulness. By the miracle of God, I have my children back in my life today. Yeah. After abandoning them, and I also got my dad back. Thank you.
6: Thirty.
0: Um, hi, everybody. My Thank Leah. Leah.
3: Um, I'm 34. I have nothing prepared. I I'm just going to kind of wing it. Um, so... Um, I've struggled with addiction my whole life. I'm a teenage mom. Um, I have three children. They are 12, 14, and 16. Um, I have been in and out of prison, um, jail. Um, and Sarah, she has been trying to speak to me for years. She would see me in the streets, and, and I feel like that's what eventually um, brought me to her. Um, and all I could
5: say, I'm just grateful.
7: Hello. Hi. All right. My name is uh, Tanisha. Hi, Tanisha. Uh, I first want to say thank you all for inviting us here and allowing us to share our testimonies. And uh, I would like to pray for a moment. Um, Lord God, we thank you for your salvation and the freedom we have in you. I pray that our hearts will be open today, that we will be filled. uh, Hold on a second. I pray that our hearts will be open today that you would fill us with a renewed appreciation of your holiness and a renewed heart and a burning passion for your father after, oh, sorry, and a burning passion for you, Father, after today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Sorry about that. Right up here. All right. All right, my testimony is a little bit different. Um, I I, uh, read it at my graduation. I'm a newly graduate at the Harvest Home. so, So it's a little bit different, so all right. My name is Tanisha Washington. I was born and raised here in Green Bay, and this is my testimony. My life was filled with hurt and pain, but I have to say I wouldn't change a thing, the the beautiful chaos. It crept in on my family like a thief in the night. One year old, lost a baby brother, a great grandmother, a father who abandoned us, turning my alcoholic mother. Four years gone by, a man far from a gentleman was trusted in our home. Slowly, day by day, he was stealing my innocence away. No justice or closure. Years go by, I'm 13, empty, trying to find myself, filling the void with drugs, alcohol, a cry for help. AODA, mental health, boot camp, going to lengths, only a temporary fix. 18, I was stabbed multiple times after a fight broke out. I thought I was dead. Waking up in the hospital, I remember feeling empty, numb, confused on why my best friend would betray me like this. My mom was very concerned, but still didn't understand. I may have been injured, but how deep the wounds that were within. Not long after I met someone that made me feel safe, being warned many times of his deceptive ways. I was financially, mentally, and sadly physically abused. Not knowing my worth, this is what I thought I deserved. 23, my mother cried to me asking for forgiveness for the tragic events that happened in my life and how she could have done better as a parent. The anguish I seen in her eyes, the burden she held so tight, the devil's lies. She was talking to me about God, I didn't have the words to express how much God loves her. I didn't know him, let alone myself. A week after that unfulfilled conversation, I found my mother. She had taken her own life. This disturbed me for years. How do I erase that from my mind? Torment, sorrow, having PTSD, thinking the only way to go the same. So sin after sin and pain after pain, I was trapped in the devil's maze. Escaping my, father's ch- uh, my children's father, I was homeless and my children taken from me through CPS. In my youngest place for adoption. I felt I had nothing left in me, going further astray. I lost my whole identity. Falling into my abuser's ways, trafficking drugs, had money, I had cars, a, a house, but without my family, how can it be a home? I was left alone. Nearly killed during a field, deals gone bad throughout the states, I decided to protect myself carrying my own firearm, digging a deeper grave. I became an IV user and I lost everything. A dream that would haunt me for months, running from an evil spirit. I knew my time was coming. I eagerly searched, determined to understand life, following witchcraft, Buddhism, polytheistic ways, left unanswered and still unsaved. Sinking back into what I knew, I find myself face to face with my affliction. Every evil thought rushing through me, I pull out my weapon, triggered by a false deception. I could have killed this person or many others. Being chased by the police, the next day I barricaded myself in a home. The SWAT police were banging at the door. Washington, come out of the house with your hands up. I'm panicking, hiding, masking, resisting everything I've got, the guilt, the shame, the pride, the wrath inside. Thinking my life was over, God had other things in mind. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the, light, the night shines as bright as day. The darkness and light are the same. You watched me as I was being formed in the utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. Psalms 139, 715. He snatched me out of the chaos and kept me safe. I started working on myself, repenting of my ways. Three months of incarceration, dedicating my time to him. Not only do I believe in God, but I know him. He's been the advocate in my dreams and visions, leading me out of the darkness of my sleep. And when I wake up, he's still with me. So... Uh, July 17th was the day I was accepted into the Frontline Harvest Ministry home. Since I've been there, it has been the most I've ever felt safe in my life. Being around godly women that understand, pray, and guide me through the, the healing, as well as transitioning my old life into sending Christ as my foundation. I've been welcomed into a lovely church, Christ the Rock, and baptized with the Holy Spirit. God has gifted me with my sisters in Christ. Also, my best friend, Sarah Skinnador. <laughs> <laughs> And one of the greatest places I've ever worked at at Dirt Juicery. Such a loving, uh, l- such loving people in its, uh, and they their Christian owners. I'm very grateful that I get to focus on who I am in Christ. It's tough at times digging up old wounds, but day by day I get there. Uh, with the help of Sarah Christensen and Shantae Watkins and the wonderful women uh, that volunteer, God has blessed me with. They have been my biggest supporters, Bible studies, discipleships, uh, being more stable spiritually and reconnecting. Uh, and having a healthy relationship with my children and other loved ones. We also have been having so much fun every day with adventures, birthdays, kayaking, swimming and evangelizing, and we have lots of laughs, all of us staying in the Word. And uh, I just want to say I finally feel at peace in my soul. I'm at rest in God's hands.
0: mic? Coming once, coming twice?
8: <laughs> Anybody got a mic in the house? Anybody? <laughs> Is there another wireless one? Right there? Okay, we'll use this one for a few seconds. Maybe we don't need another one, but um, thank you for coming and sharing all this. Ladies, you did awesome sharing. <laughs> uh, you, you blew me away. I mean... You guys have had a great homiletics course right there. This is what you do. You you are real. You share exactly what needs to be shared. I just loved every bit of it. And um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this microphone to you just to answer a couple questions. Um, so I wanted to ask as we're sitting here listening, and I love Tay right there. Tay, go ahead. The, this this girl has been your right hand for a long time. So and yeah. Oh, there's a mom. How did you slip in here? There you are. And uh, so quick, um, how did this all start? Can you give me a short answer of how did this all start? Because this is all I know. I met you first at a prayer meeting and I was like, who in the world has this fire hair praying and talking and then somebody was like, you need to meet her. She's a wonderful person. I'm like, maybe. And... Uh, so, and, so, I went over there, and I started to talk to Sarah, and then it was like, it was just burning my brain. I'm like, man, this this woman loves the Lord. God is all over this girl. I don't know what God's going to do. Uh, I was like, all right, so now I'm going to be praying for fire hair girl, and I didn't even know you at that time. I didn't really know you, and uh, I was like, man, and uh, but. Man, little by little, Petrae and I had our dance team downtown, you were downtown, and um, just again and again, just the Lord just kept, our paths kept crossing, and so for I don't know how many years now, we've been supporting you guys monthly, um, but how did this all start? Yeah, so, let switch. I like this one better. Yeah, this one's better.
0: Um... So I got saved. Do you want me to like share a little bit of my testimony? or? Well, I just
8: think God just dropped you out of heaven to do this. <laughs> so is that what happened? Uh, no. Oh,
0: no. I think, I think he used like, everything I went through to shape me. My mom was definitely training ground for me because um, she like, came out of, um, you know, she was in child porn. She was in addiction. She was a stripper. She was all these things. And so raising me, you know, she had a lot of trauma. And so I grew up with a, a mom who had a lot of trauma, who loved me, like I had love from her, but also I learned how to love the broken. Yeah. And then without, you know, a lot of knowing, because my mom didn't know better and her choices with men and all the things I was exposed to led me in the same path. So then, you know, growing up, you know, I mean, we're part Native American, so I learned a lot of... Um, of that i believe jesus was like a white man's religion and that he wasn't really god and things and i ended up in witchcraft and uh palm reading fortune telling horoscopes all of that um and i was cursing my life mm-hmm. and basically uh, all these girls were trying to fight me all the time like at different ages and um i'm like this is crazy like why would this happen to me i mean a 40 year old a 15 year old if i go uh, tea night if I go to the Y, wherever I'm going, even at the red light, a girl gets out of her van and just opens my door, starts whacking me at the crowbar. I'm full of blood. Uh, how is this possible? Does this happen to other people? No. So I understood I was under a curse, and so I got into boxing when I was 16 to learn fight better. It was hard, you know, coming out. So, I was like, you ain't gonna mess with me. <laughs> Uh, but that's where you know you know trying in my own strength instead of turning to Jesus I met uh Carlos who uh was my my boxing coach and he was much older than me and I was uh got in a relationship with him and he was like the biggest drug dealer of Green Bay at that time everybody knew him in the streets and he was also really abusive so that is what damaged me the most from 16 to 19. And then by the time I was 19, you know, I didn't know he was like a low-key pimp and all this. So then I was out there uh, doing these things, you know, and addictions and dancing for money and, you know, just lost and broken and hurting. And my mom was hurting and we were just looking for answers. We tried going to churches before, but they shut the doors on us a lot of times because we were very different and we dress very promiscuously and all that so they of course they wouldn't want us there who would but um but thankful I'm thankful for churches like this so anyway when I was 19 is when my life changed uh, I was also a professional salsa dancer and I met this lady who was from Sri Lanka her name was Nandini and um, she had she had offered to teach me the Bible and I uh, didn't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> I, I told her, you know, I don't believe in Jesus, and uh, I'm a Native American, part, part Native. And, but it, what, what got me was, she was from Sri Lanka, and she's dark, and they're doing teacup Bible studies and stuff, and I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> like, I've never seen such things, so it was interesting to me but I also felt the love of God through her and the presence of God on her. And it made me want to feel that, what she had. And um, I, I, I got to a really low point where um, me and my mom were homeless now and then I'm suffering worse than ever before. I'm feeling like, okay, I need help. So I reached out and I said, look, Nandini, um, I, wanna, I wanna learn, I want answers. I don't believe it, but I might, I might believe it, I don't know. So she starts to meet with me one-on-one opens her home teaches me things shows me answers my questions i'm pretty resistant i'm pretty reluctant but i'm trying to figure this thing out and eventually i realized all the answers were right in the bible yeah. and i'm like wow i just went right you know like wow and she would pray to god and i would feel the love through her prayers his love and she would cry out to god and then one day she says, do you want me to pray for you? And I said, yes. So when I was born, my mom could never have babies. And um, she's tried, had miscarriages. She could never, because of the scarring. It was a miracle. She, she thought she was pregnant. She still was doing drug stuff, because they told her she wasn't. Anyway, I was affected. When I was born, I died. My heart stopped. And it um, left me with a lot of cognitive problems. So medicine was a go-to. By the time I was like into all this, I was. That's I relied on it. I depended. I thought it was helping me. And I told the lady, I said, "Look, I can never go to college. I can't even have a job without being supervised. I was tested my whole life. I don't have certain abilities, and I just want purpose." She says, "Jesus can heal you." She anoints me with oil, starts to pray over me, the gospel, believe in Jesus, all these things, and it's like my eyes started to open up, and I understood for the first time. Jesus was God. Highest power out of all the powers I've ever felt before, which I felt them a lot of them. And I knew like he was who he was. He was the Christ. He was the savior. He, he died and he rose again. And I repented and I believed in him. And I just felt, I, a lot of people feel a lift. Everybody feels something different. What I felt, I literally felt something come from above and press down on my head and go through my whole body to where I just was completely broken, overwhelmed by the peace, the love. I was saved. I was healed. I was changed. I go to my mom. I'm healed. She's like, you crazy? <laughs> and But the test showed, too, that um, there was no scientific answers for how I had the abilities I did. And from that point on, I never looked back. And
8: I'm just amazed. You're smart. You're going to college. I am smart. He's about to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're yeah. going to sing a song in celebration of this, and um, I'm going to be the first to give um, some money. Let's, let's take up an offering for him, and let's bless Harvest House. Frontline Harvest, Harvest, Harvest Ministries. Ministry. I'm horrible with names and everything. So Frontline Harvest Ministries. Thank you. And um, you, no obligation to give, guys, but if you want to yeah. give, please. Give give generously as unto the Lord. And i just tell you, it's good places. Um, I can testify of the growth in not just Sarah, but in the ministry. Um, and, man, just looking at all the stuff, your videos, hearing the testimonies, you get my heart going. I cried like 12 times. Stop it. Um, (laughs) but I'll tell you, if you haven't been stirred to love people, I just—you were not listening. The Spirit was speaking, and uh, man, we love you guys. And uh, let's uh, pray a blessing over them, and then when we start playing the song, we're gonna take the offering. So, um, Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing to be poured out on Sarah, the leadership team here at Frontline, and every uh, woman that this ministry touches. Lord Jesus. Uh, Your favor, open up the windows of heaven and pour out favor again and again. Um, And we just give you praise because of how gracious and merciful you have been. Lord, you have not treated any of us as our sins deserve. But Lord, you are changing worlds because of these yielded servants. They've yielded their lives to you. And I just ask for you to give them what they need practically. Supply every practical need for the ministry. Lord, for them individually Open up doors. Put them in a place. You build them up. Lord, you exalt. And I just give you thanks right now for all that you've done and all that you are going to do. Lord, we are looking to you to do more than what we could ask for or imagine in this prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you
0: so thank you much. You so thank you so
8: much. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to pass the offering. Would you please stand and um, I'm going to invite you to sing and uh I don't know what you want to sing.
6: Let's sing Build My Life.
8: Okay. And um, let's just turn our attentions towards heaven and just ask the Holy Spirit to seal this service. Amen. Each and every one of you, we are going to take about a 10 minute break and we're going to rejoin. You're more than welcome. If you didn't plan on it, please plan on it. There's desserts. And uh, what we'll do is we'll give you those 10, 15 minutes. Get your desserts. Come back in here and we will start our celebration um, of Bill and Sarah Peflor. So if you need any prayer in the meantime, as we uh, dismiss you. Please come on down. We've got a prayer team here. They'd love to pray with you. Other than that, God's blessings on you. We'll see you in a few minutes.